In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for the Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Movie Zone back on the air right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hope you're enjoying the Utes game. We're taking a break from sports during the game to talk movies, Johnny. Which is always fine with me. It's fine with me as well because uh, we got the game on the telly. Yep, we sure do. Got that in the corner of our eye, but everyone likes movies. I really like movies. <laughs> I, I'm okay on movies. You're yeah. just okay on them? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm that's growing. Not, They're I, growing on me. I don't think that's true. I think <laughs> you really like movies and sports like me. Exactly, indeed. All right, uh, he's Johnny. I'm Austin. We have, we've, we have to get moving. There's seven new movies to talk about this week. It's and crazy. Uh, by the way, our guy at Megaplex, Larry Tassoni, went to CinemaCon in Las Vegas last week. Right. He told us uh, a couple weeks ago he was, that was coming up. And there were some really interesting moments there, including a screening of an upcoming – I'm not sure if he wants me to say on air – what movie was able he was able to screen as a surprise, but yeah. one that a lot of people have been anticipating for almost forty years. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> so we'll get uh, we'll get his thoughts on that and other stuff after an in person cinema con here in the near future. Which is really cool. And if you don't know what that is, that's basically like a comic con, but for movies. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a trade show. Right, it's a trade show, exactly. All the latest inventions and great things from all the way from concessions to cameras to, to seats, everything to, to yeah. seats. Yeah, you name new it. Movies. Your experience in the movie theater. This is where they find out about all the cool new ideas, and they do show some screenings at it. Yeah, it's like CES, but only for movies. You know? Right. So we'll get Larry back on in the near future to tell us all about that. Uh, did you see my new accessory I'm wearing today? Uh, is it the shirt? Oh, no. You have on a film studio shirt, so I thought maybe that was it. No, what are you doing? Shout out, Marshall. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, I've got this boot here on my foot. What did you do? A couple months ago, actually. What? I was sick. Remember when I missed a few days of work? Thought I for sure had COVID again. Right. Got tested three times because it kept saying negative. I was like, no, I have COVID. I have COVID. It wasn't. It was negative. It was just a horrendous sinus infection. Right. I get really bad sinus infections to where it clouds me for a month or two. Well, I blew my nose and I passed out. Whoa, this is all news to me. I know. I haven't really told anyone. And my wife came and ran over and found me in the hallway. Luckily, she was home. And I was only out for a few seconds, but my leg had twisted weird underneath me. Oh, no. And it didn't hurt right away. And but now as it's it's almost two months now and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So I went and got X-rays. I've got some bone chips floating around in there. Oh no! But no no break. No break, just a chip. And the doctor said a lot of people have that. Really? But he thinks that the pain I'm describing or where it is, he thinks I've torn something. Oh no! So I got to get an MRI, and until I have two seconds to do that, I got to boot up. So. Well, I wore a boot for two years. Oh my gosh! Why? Yeah, I had a problem with one of my feet, and it just wouldn't heal. Being a diabetic, the oh, feet don't tell are me this. <laughs> one. Of, well, you're not a diabetic, so I don't think you're gonna have the same uh, situation I was. Yeah. But I had to wear a boot. I wore it on stage. I traveled with it. I did everything. And oh when I took gosh. it off, it, it I kind of missed it. Did you so really? Maybe you will miss your club foot. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. I have felt so much better wearing this boot. Oh, I'm sure. It, it makes a big it difference. Really, it really, really does. does. 
All right, so there you go. That's a little uh, peek into Austin's personal life. I'm sorry, man. Let's. That's okay. That's. I did it. I. I said this on air just fishing for sympathy. So thank you. Well, I'm. It's I'm, like uh, I caught a big. You one. caught a big one right here. <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry, man. Hey, let's take a peek into our movie zone showdown. Our Sunday night movie night movie zone movie showdown. I feel kind of good about this one. You should because we're now back to back weeks where we had. A very competitive movie zone, movie night, Sunday night movie showdown. Yeah. You see what Marmaduke Beverly Hills Chihuahua did? It stoked the fires we and it got rock, everyone going. We hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's only one way and that's up. So tell us. You you sent out the um, Sunday night movie night movie zone movie showdown last weekend where we pit two movies of similar genre together yes. on Twitter. And you pick the listener. You pick the which movie is better. So I went with a couple of Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore rom-cons. And they might be my two favorite yeah. Adam Sandler. Well, he doesn't have a lot of good rom-coms. So they are my favorite rom-coms. Is Billy Madison Sandler. considered a rom-com? No, no, it's just kind of a comedy. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of my favorite all times. But yeah. I put The Wedding Singer against 50 First Dates. As you and mentioned, both Drew Barrymore. Both yeah. Drew Barrymore, both Adam Sandler. I tagged both of them in the poll, <laughs> and uh, I hope at least one of them voted. Uh, I'm going to go with they did. Okay, why not? Sure. Prove that they didn't. Yeah, promise tell me they didn't. We had nearly 100 votes in on this one, and the wedding singer squeaking by with 59% over 41 for 50 first dates. So like a 60-40 there. Yeah, that's pretty basically cool. a 60-40 if you average it out. And, you know, I would say that's probably about right the wedding singer okay. is a great movie from top to bottom but for those of you that think the wedding singer is the best one of all time give 50 first dates another try yeah i voted for wedding singer mm-hmm. i and I, I assume you would agree with this being a music guy yeah and he's a musician oh yeah and the songs make the movie yes and the 80s flash and the, the nostalgia with the 80s and all that sort of thing you know and i got i got to add uh on tuesday of this week i noticed in gordon's uh gordon's what is it uh what's his update the financial update right yeah yeah the trade trading Dot com market update. Yeah. Yes, you put a little clip in there for from the wedding singer, and I was quite impressed. I think that was subliminally put into my brain by this movie zone showdown. It's so. the it's the scene where Adam Sandler has just lost it. Somebody call me, please. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Playing I'm this great ballad. Please, I'm on my Yeah, so there you go. And have you seen the on stage production of the wedding singer? It's great. I have not, no. It's fantastic fun. It's wonderful. So uh, I agree, though. Six to four on that, I, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we'll have another one this coming weekend. Uh, it's my turn, so buckle up. I Uh-oh. never know what that, what's going to happen there. So get on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot one at Zone Sports Net. Really, this show, I dare say, is the most interactive show on the Zone Sports Network. I would, I would agree with that. The only other one that I would think is uh, more, but it doesn't happen... All year round is uh, the Jazz Overtime Show. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, we have a whole segment every week dedicated to our listeners' responses. Yes, this is very interactive. So if you haven't followed us yet on Twitter and you want to be part of the fun, get on Twitter and follow us. All right. We have seven new movies. Not uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Siete. Siete. Nuevo movies. That's nine. Oh, new. Nueve. Right. right. Nueve. I don't know. New. Uh, so we got to get going here. And I want you to tell us about the first one here, Shang-Chi. I, you know it? what's funny? I always say Shang Tsung from like uh, 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 Mortal Kombat, but yeah. it's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
PG-13 action adventure fantasy, much awaited origin story of brand new Marvel. So we're not quite in the multiverse, or maybe we are. We don't know. But this is starring, uh, oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. Simu Lau. Simu Lau, Aquafina, Michelle Yeho. Yao. Yao. <laughs> and Tom. Tony Ling. Tony Lang. Lang. Sure. Ling. I don't know. Sure. I, I'm, I'm really bad with names. I'm sorry. Shang-Chi, who must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. Available in IMAX, D-Box, motion seating, Dolby Atmos sound, and 3D. Now, Austin, uh-huh. the Ten Rings have been teased since 2008's Iron Man. Okay, uh, now just a little peek okay. into what's coming up in segment two. I'm very Marvel fatigued. I know you are. I'm out. I'm out on it. I'm out. That's fair. Uh, I know nothing of the Ten Rings. This rings no bells for me. Sure. What are the Ten Rings? Well, and so, where does this fit into Marvel? So Marvel has has teased it in two Iron Man movies. They teased it in, as mentioned before, the original Iron Man 1 in 2008, where... Uh, That's a great movie. When Yes, when he was captured, remember, and he had to do those kind of uh, captive videos that he was sending out, ransom videos and whatnot, before yeah. he escaped. The, uh, the backdrop behind him was of the Ten Rings. And then we got uh-huh. a little bit of a tease in Iron Man 3, where uh, the Mandarin... And the Ten Rings there. So, uh-huh. uh, and that turned out. If you haven't seen Iron Man three, spoiler, but that was not the Ten Rings, and the man and the Mandarin was a fake. Now we're gonna see the real Ten Rings and the real origin story of where they came from, and it's going to be magical. It's gonna have, I think, elements of Doctor Strange with magic being used. Um, Shang Chi is kind of a not super popular. A superhero in the comic world kind of think of guardians of the galaxy before we know guardians of the galaxy as we know now so it was definitely a smaller one and i think they're kind of banking on the success of guardians being the smaller one and how it rose to huge success massive success and i think shang chi is going to accomplish that same thing well uh like i said i know nothing about it but there are so many people who Apparently have been, as you mentioned, anticipating this for years. Yes. 14 years, seemingly. Yes. Uh, And uh, Larry Tissoni says it's great. Megaplex did a See It First special screening about a month ago now. Wow. Well, two weeks ago, August 18th. Oh, right, 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 right. I know what you're talking about. And that came with raving uh, feedback from the audience members. So I will say this. I am the anomaly. I know you are. I'm the absolute anomaly, and I'm not too proud to admit it. I won't see this, but that's because I'm fatigued with Marvel. If you aren't fatigued with Marvel, you have to go see this, and you've got to see it in the theater with the big screen. You mentioned IMAX, Dolby Atmos, even D-Box. Take it all in. This will be a fun, great experience at the movie theater for those who are normal and still like Marvel, unlike me. This will be also awesome in 3D with all the magic effects that's going to be happening. But the word on the street, Austin, is there's a lot of cameos from other Marvel characters in this. Uh-huh. Now, in the trailer, we got two very quick ones. We got uh, one of, I think it was a Wong from uh, Doctor Strange, and we got Abomination, who we haven't seen since 2008's The Incredible Hulk. Before With Ed Norton? 
Yes. Yeah. It didn't do well, but Abomination was in there. Now back in the Marvel Universe, at least in this this little part of it, and uh, <laughs> I'm excited. And that, that got a lot of people excited. However, they are promising there will be more. Huh. Well, speaking of uh, just a little, real quick shoot-off here, I was watching an interview with uh, Mark Ruffalo about yeah. playing the Incredible Hulk, sure. Bruce Banner, and Ed Norton is notorious for being a jerk. I've heard that, sadly, Casts, yeah. Casts, uh, crews, no one really likes him. And you wouldn't guess. He seems like this lovable guy. Well, Mark Ruffalo said that Ed Norton could not have been more kind, more supportive, right. and more instrumental in helping Mark Ruffalo take over that role. And they asked Ed Norton about it, and he said, yeah, I, I am kind of a, and he used a bad word. Okay. But that, that role mattered and meant something to me, so I wanted it to do well. That's so cool. So he did it selfishly, but at least it, he did something good, but even though it was selfish? They did uh, two Incredible Hulks before the success of 2008's Iron Man. They did one just called Hulk with Eric Bana, yeah. and it was horrible. Awful. And then they did The Incredible Hulk with uh, Ed Norton, as you just yep. mentioned, mm -hmm. and not that much better maybe a little maybe maybe 30 percent better but it still did not do well <laughs> yeah. and uh and then iron man came out they took on a whole new thing and it just exploded so we will get teases from that i have heard also through the grapevine and word on the street a little bird told me whatever you want to say that you need to stay all the way through the end of the credits on this one so there you go make sure you take heed of that shang chi and the legend of the ten rings at your Megaplex and local theaters now. That, by the way, is what spawned our poll question this week. Okay. On Twitter, at Austin Horton, at John Lightfoot one at Zone Sports Net. We'll get your responses in segment two to this question. Name a movie or franchise everyone seems to really enjoy except for you. Now, the gif I chose to put out on that- I saw what it was. Was- The uh, Creek Show. Of Poop's Creek. Yes. Always the pooper of the parties. I, more, I like that show. I love that show, too. I more meant- I just searched- uh, party pooper, right? And, and that's then, what came but up. But I sent that out, and then I realized, oh, people are going to think I don't like that show. I when I first saw it, I thought, I thought he liked it. I do like that show. Yeah. yeah. So that was a mistake by me. But we'll that's get, okay. We'll get your mistake responses in segment two <laughs> coming up next. All right. Uh, also out this week, Cinderella, a PG yeah. fantasy musical comedy starring the incredibly talented singer Camila Cabello, Billy Porter, and Idina Menzel. Uh, not what did uh what did uh oh, what now I'm forgetting his name, uh the guy from Pulp Fiction, Samuel uh, Jackson. No, the other guy, John Travolta. John Travolta. What did he call her instead of Adina Menzel? He called her like Adele Monzini or something at the award show because he didn't have his glasses oh, in. Oh right. right. <laughs> uh, all right. Cinderella is a musically driven, bold new take on the traditional story you grew up with. Our heroine is an ambitious young woman whose dreams are bigger than the world will allow, but with the help of her fab G, fabulous godmother, she is able to persevere and make her dreams come true. Here's what I think of this, Johnny. Okay. It looks stupid. It looks fun. Yeah. It looks dumb. It looks funny. Is this a Disney production? It's not. Okay. It's an Amazon original. Interesting. So again, it looks stupid. Mm -hmm. It looks fun. It looks dumb. It looks funny. I will be seeing this on a $5 Tuesday and hopefully be really happy I saw it. I love Camila Cabello and Idina Menzel as musicians. Mm -hmm. Don't really care for Idina Menzel as an actress. Sorry. Liked her in Rent. Nothing else, really. Uh, but Billy Porter, I think, is, in, in, is impossibly funny. 
And watching the trailer of this, I think that you'll walk away from it going, you know who you know who's behind it? The same people as Pitch Perfect. Okay. So if you like Pitch Perfect, I do like Pitch and Perfect. And you like Cinderella yeah. and new spins on old tales, yeah. you might you might enjoy this, but you're never gonna go, man. I'm glad I saw that. You'll just go, huh? That was that was fun. So the reason I asked if it was Disney or not, kind of, it kind of makes me happy that it's not. Okay. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Disney doing Cinderella, but Disney has been doing a lot of live action of their old, old you know, successful cartoons. Yeah. Yes. And I'm kind of glad that it's going to be a different take. I know a few of the things are very different in this. Yes. Um, Godmother, is, uh, especially. Played by Billy Porter. Right. And uh, I, I like- I think that's Billy Porter. Anyway. I like the change-ups. And I think Disney may have played it a little safe on some of it and, you know, gone with the traditional story, but just a live action version. So I'm glad that it's a different take, but I think this will be exactly a $5 kind of movie movie thing for me. Yeah. So, yeah, Billy Porter, he won the Tony Award nine years ago for uh, Kinky Boots. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually just, uh, a, 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 a re, uh, excuse me, recently announced that he's HIV positive and he's mm. really putting a good uh, role model thing together as this is what HIV positive looks like right sure. now, and I can still have a normal life. I can still go about and, and do things. It's and awesome. It's not a death sentence, and it's he's doing some really good work in that regard. So Cinderella, not going to be winning any Oscars, not going to be your favorite movie you ever saw, but hey, if you take a flyer on it and like it, great. If you don't, you probably used it. You probably watched it on Amazon at home, and you can just shrug your shoulders and go, what's next? It's going to be a fun movie. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. All right, tell us about this next one is really the one that I – think will be my go-to this week. Yeah, this one looks really good. This is called Flag Day, a rated R drama, biography, thriller, directed by Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars Dylan Penn. His Sh daughter. Yep. Sean Penn, of course. Josh Brolin and Regina King. Jennifer Vogel's father, John. Isn't that... Uh, John Voight? Never mind. Sorry, bad <laughs> This joke. is a true story, by the I way. I know. Jennifer Vogel's father, John, was larger than life. As a child, Jennifer marveled as at his magnetizing energy and ability to make life feel like the grand adventure. He taught her so much about love and joy, but he also happened to be the most notorious counterfeiter in U.S. history. Uh -huh. Based on a true story and directed by Sean Penn, Flag Day stars Penn and his real-life daughter Dylan Penn in the intimate family portrait about a young woman who struggles to rise above the wreckage of her past while reconciling the ins what is that? Ins inescapable. inescapable bond between a daughter and her father. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, it looks incredible. It also looks like it's going to break your heart and wring it into 7,000 pieces. As this father, who has a lot of problems, mostly chosen, but some forced upon him, yeah, tries to be a good father and can't be for whatever reason, whether, whether by not choice or by choice, in case both cases appear in the movie, in this true story. It's going to break your heart. It's going to wring your heart over a fire. It's going to then stump it into a gazillion pieces, and then hopefully by the end of this, you come away going, whew, there's some tough people in this world that I need to be more like. This this is going to be, uh, I, I think, other than, than uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, I think this is going to be the week's winner. And since I'm fatigued with Marvel, this is my go-to this week. This like is it. my must-see okay. flag day Sean Penn. I'm not the biggest Sean Penn guy in the world, but he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we need to do something. A horror thriller or a thriller or a thriller. Ooh, I like that. Horriller? Horriller. No, that doesn't work. 
No, that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll workshop it. Starring people you've never heard of, <laughs> Vanessa Shaw, Sierra McCormick, and Pat Healy. Actually, I've heard of Pat Healy. After Melissa and her family seek shelter from a storm, they become trapped. With no sign of rescue, hours turn to days, and Melissa comes to realize that she and her girlfriend Amy might have something to do with the horrors that threaten to tear her family and the entire world apart. Johnny? Yes, sir. Not into horror. I do like thriller, but do you know what my number one fear in the world is? Uh, no, what? Windstorms. Really? Horrifyingly scared of windstorms. So you must not have liked Wizard of Oz. That's why I'm afraid of it, because I was obsessed with the Wizard of Oz as a young, 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 young child. Really? And the, the house spinning and the tornado and all that, I think, really affected me. I'm terrified of a breeze. Wow. I would not let, until I was like 15, I would not let my parents drive with the windows down. Okay. I was terrified. Wow. This is the last movie I will ever see. You will have to threaten my loved one's lives for me to see this movie. Okay. Okay. Did I I put that uh, exaggeratedly enough? No, no. I think I I got your point. Um, (laughs) You will not, you'll be buying it (laughs) (laughs) when it comes out on DVD. I'll be looking for them at Comic-Con for a photo op. You're going to get the Blu-ray edition with all the extra scenes. (laughs) Watch the director's cut with commentary. Yes. No, uh, I won't watch this. Okay. Fair enough. Will you? Um, I may if I've seen everything else. Okay. All right. You know? Fair enough. Moving right along, The Gateway, another rated R drama thriller starring Frank Grillo, who you might remember from uh, the Marvel series as well. He was uh, Captain America's adversary at one point. Uh, Olivia Munn, Bruce Dern, and Shea Wiggum. Yeah, that looks right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. A social worker assigned to the care of the daughter of a single mother intervenes when the dad returns from prison and lures them into a life of crime. This looks really good. Yeah. It does not look... Okay, actually, let me, let me put an asterisk on that, Johnny. It looks sneaky. Either it's going to be sneaky good or really terrible. The trailer was one of those pieces uh, where it's intriguing. You're like... Ooh, maybe I want to see this, but there was something about it that I thought, is this pretty wrapping on an old pair of socks? You think it's an old hat? Eh, it might be. Okay. It might be. You think that it's this big grand toy under the Christmas tree, and it turns out it's just another itchy sweater from Aunt Vivian. Okay. Yeah. I so, see what you're doing there. I'm a little worried about it, but I will give it a shot. I like Frank Grillo. I like Shea Wiggum and Bruce Dern. Come on. And Olivia Munn. I- I, I like I actually I like the entire cast. Yeah, I'm not really as big do. on Olivia Munn as an actress. I think she's really, I think she's uh, you know good looking. I think that she's a better actress than a comedian. I'll tell you that. Okay. But a lot of times watching her on like the Daily Show and stuff, I went, I thought, yeah, you're not funny. You're just pretty. And so they gave you this gig. So like, maybe okay. she'll change my mind with this movie. We'll see. This is going to be an interesting one. Like you said, I agree. I think it may be sneaky. It may be sneakily, not sneakily, but it may be bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Two more new releases this week, pal. I see them. I'm going to let you do the next one. <laughs> okay. Yakuza Princess? You practiced that. I didn't. I think I said it wrong. Rated R action thriller starring Masumi, Jonathan Reese Myers, and Suyoshi Ihara. The heiress to half of the Yakuza crime syndicate forges an uneasy alliance with an amnesiac and the Pac-12. Oh, no, wait, that's sports. <laughs> with an amnesiac stranger who believes an ancient sword binds their two fates. 
You lost me. She must unleash war against the other half of the syndicate who wants her dead. All right. An ancient sword binds their two fates. What is this? The terrible mummy reinvention with uh, Tom Cruise? So what comes to mind actually is the original Suicide Squad where there was one, <laughs> one of the people there whose soul was brought into a sword. Uh-huh. I, um, <sighs> or maybe uh, the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Which we don't know what's in there. I won't see this. Sorry. Sorry to uh, Masumi, Jonathan Reese Myers, and Siyoshihara. Not interested yeah, in your Yakuza I'm kind of with you. Moving on to Zone 414 or Zone 414, a rated R sci-fi thriller starring Guy Pierce, Travis Fimmel, uh, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz. Lutz? Sure. Sure. Zone Zone 414. Is it Zone 414 or Zone 414? 414. I'm going to go with 414. Zone 414 is a dangerous, dark colony of humanoids known as the City of Robots. The colony's creator hires private investigator David, I'm just going to call it that, to track down his missing daughter. David teams up with Jane, a highly advanced IA equipped with the same technology of her fellow humanoids, but with all the emotions, feelings, and dreams of a real human being. They travel through the city uncovering clues in a crime that calls into question the origins of true purpose behind the city of artificial humans. This sounds like AI meets Blade Runner. I was just about to say, Fifth Element, anybody? Yeah. Blade Runner? Mm Mm-hmm. iRobot? Yes. Uh, The only thing that interests me in this movie is Guy Pearce. I think he's great. Yeah, Guy Pearce interests me. Um, The only thing that would make this more cliche is if they had a lightsaber in it. I think a lot of people will like it. It just isn't my cup. I, you know, I probably will like it myself. I'm just kind of making fun of the synopsis that Larry wrote for us. Because <laughs> it does sound like every single, you know, sci-fi, AI, uh, what was the movie with Will Smith as well? iRobot. iRobot, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that whole kind of thing. All right. It, to review in reverse, Zone 414, the sci-fi thriller, Yakuza Princess, the action thriller, The Gateway, the drama thriller, We Need to Do Something, the horror thriller. Flag Day, the drama biography thriller, Cinderella, the fantasy musical comedy, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the action-adventure fantasy from Marvel. Yeah. A lot of thrillers with spins and A lot of different rated mixes. Ours. Yeah. Uh, but the big one this week, for me, I'll go see Flag Day. For Johnny and the rest of y'all, yep. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I already got my tickets. Coming up next... We'll get our soundtrack of the week in our lesson in music history. We'll have your time to shine on the poll question, a new movie or franchise everyone seems to enjoy except for you, and we'll move along in that fashion. And I'm going to give it a tease for soundtrack. Okay. It's Jackson, but not from the Jackson family. Jackson Brown? Maybe. Jackson, Alan Jackson? Maybe. Um, Sawyer Jackson? I mean Sawyer Brown. Oh, yeah, Sawyer. <laughs> Tom Sawyer, the, the modern-day warrior. That's it. Okay. Coming up next, who else? Chris Jackson? Sorry, Miss Jackson. Maybe. Outcast. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. What's that? That's Janet. Oh, gotcha. More, uh, less, more music and movie talks, less <laughs> wardrobe malfunctions next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is the Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton. And Austin, you got it right at the end of that last segment. 
Jackson Brown. Oh, I was going to say, I guessed like seven bands. So yes. how could I, if I didn't get it right, man. So not Michael Jackson. Not Michael Jackson. Not Alan Jackson. Not Alan Jackson. Not Janet Jackson. Not Tito. Not Jermaine. Nope. 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 Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. Not Sawyer Jackson Brown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us, uh, what is the movie tie-in and a little uh, history lesson on Jackson Brown? Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you the movie tie-in just yet. Why? I'm not going to. Clyde Jackson Brown, born October 9th, 1946. He is an American singer, songwriter, musician who has sold over 18 million albums in the United States. He emerged as a teenage songwriter in the mid-60s in Los Angeles, and he had his first successes writing songs for others. In fact, writing These Days as a 16-year-old, the song became a minor hit for the German singer and Andy Warhol protege, Nico, in 1967. He also wrote several songs for uh, fellow Southern California and I want to throw in their hashtag Utah, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, for whom he was briefly a member in 1966, and the Eagles, the latter of whom had their first Billboard Top 40 hit in 1972 with the Brown co-written song, But the Eagles, Take It Easy. What? Yep. He co-wrote Take It Easy? Yes, he did. No way. Jackson Brown mu- uh, Music has received six Grammy Award nominations, and in 2004, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bruce Springsteen gave the induction speech, speech <clears throat> excuse me, commenting to Brown, committing to Brown that although the Eagles were inducted first, he said, you wrote the songs they wished they had written. Brown had written quite a few hit songs that many artists, include the Eagles, have recorded over the span of his career. The previous year, three of Brown's albums for uh, for Every Man, Late for the Sky, and The Pretender had been selected by Rolling Stone magazine among its choices for 500 of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Uh, recently, he just released his 15th studio album, Downhill from Everywhere, which was just released last month. And... You can catch Jackson Brown on tour here in Salt Lake City on October 22nd at the Maverick Center, where he will be opening for James Taylor. James Taylor's coming? Yes, with Jackson Brown. That's amazing. That's going to be a show. All right, so there's your lesson in music history. Why it's our soundtrack of the week, I assume, has to do with segment three's from the archive subject? Yes, it does. Where we'll tell you the known, little known, and unknown facts about a movie that's at least 10 years old. And I got to be honest... If you heard the song that we opened up with, you probably already know. Okay. <laughs> the one that just played, you mean, yeah? Oh, wait. Hold on. No. Oh, I take it back. Oh, the one you're going to play later. I take it back. I'm sorry. I, it, yes. It just okay. has something to do with the movie we're going to do later. All right. So there you go. Uh, Jackson Brown, our soundtrack of the week. Movies that Jackson Brown songs have been used in include Forrest Gump, uh, include Rain Over Me, how about uh, uh, Invincible? Mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting. Yep. With somebody's baby, Mr. Holland's Opus and The Pretender. Yep. He's so Jackson Brown is a fitting soundtrack of the week. Absolutely. All right, time now for your uh, responses to our poll question this week. With Shang Chi and the Ten Rings coming, and Legend of the Ten Rings out from Marvel. It's been well established on the show that I'm over Marvel. You're over Marvel. I'm uh, I'm getting there. Are you? But I am. I'm just. I'm worried what's going to happen with the multiverse that they're opening up with the new Spider-Man. I think I've mentioned this before, but if you're not a huge comic book fan or you haven't followed every single movie and Disney Plus series, you're gonna you might go into Spider-Man No Way Home and go, "What's this? This is a lot. This is a lot." Yeah. But 
I don't know. It could be cool. I, I'm kind of leaning a little on the 50-50 fence if it's going to continue. Well, Shang or excuse me, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings yes. comes out this week. And since I'm a little over Marvel, I asked, name a movie of, or franchise that everyone seems to really enjoy except for you. Johnny, we got some responses here. Kirk says, I think Pulp Fiction is way overrated. Is that a franchise? It's a, I said movie or franchise. Oh, I'm sorry. Movie okay. or franchise. Okay. Uh, Pulp Fiction, overrated. You want to know my true f- true feelings on it? I do. He's right, but it's not Pulp Fiction's fault. Pulp Fiction's a great movie. Sure. It just is like the Beatles. By definition, it's overrated because it can never live up to the hype that it has sure. created. Does that make sense? And, you know, actually, he's right on both accounts now that I think about it. It is a movie and kind of a franchise. Uh, Reservoir Dogs came out two years before it uh-huh. and starred uh, John Travolta's brother, which he was Vincent Vega. There was another Vega, which was his brother yeah. in Reservoir Dogs. So kind of tied in. Not John Travolta's real brother, the character. No, the character. Brother. Yeah, Vincent Vega. Kirsten Jacobson says Lord of the Rings. Interesting. And she's correct. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't care for it. And I think and it, Alex Lundberg's gonna murder me as I walk to the car tonight. Well, again, I think that's a victim of always being played, overplayed, maybe. maybe, and and time. It's so freaking long. Uh, like Bill said, to sit through all three of them is just too much. Yeah, and he's got the gif of "You shall not pass." So it's is just too much. <laughs> it's great if you're on a trip overseas. It really kills <laughs> It kills the time. Uh, Daniel says, Harry Potter and the Hangover movies, both overrated for him. He doesn't okay. care for him. I love the Harry Potter, so I got to disagree there. Uh, I don't. But, the, but again, they're played every single night or every yeah, weekend. Yeah, and it's the same movie eight times. Well, they play all eight of them in a row. Yeah. Uh, Megan is with, uh, with me and uh, uh, Daniel on this. She says both Harry Potter and Marvel. Okay. Franchises sure. that she doesn't understand or isn't in love with like everyone else. Lyle says Star Wars. I don't get why everyone loves it. He's blocked. <laughs> Jessica, Harry Potter. Zach says Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I love Little House on the Prairie, man. Uh, Chris, the Fast and the Furious. Doesn't do it for him. It's about family, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan says Marvel and Star Wars. Okay. Which they're both... They're uh, blocked. They're both a victim of maybe overdoing it. They're blocked. Maybe maybe there's too much of it. No, there's going to be three more Star Wars movies. They're going to be great. Ben says Marvel by far lost interest after the first few. What are they on now? 20? No, like 36. Yeah, they're pretty high up, yeah. Uh, plus, not a fan of movies that are mostly done on a green screen with CGI, says Ben. I actually know a lot of people that are very much against this uh, CGI. They they prefer their film to be shot on a camera, not in a computer. And Tolson is that way. Uh, Charlie agrees and says uh, Marvel has been milked way too much, and I feel the same way about the Star Wars universe, says Charlie. He's half-blocked. And then Robert says, Star Wars, because I prefer Star Trek. Oh, he's definitely blocked. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Double-blocked. So, a movie or franchise everyone seems to really enjoy except for you. My answer, obviously, Marvel. You say you're almost getting there with Marvel. I'm almost getting. I'm just concerned about this multiverse. Um, I'll still. I'm still excited to see all the Marvel movies, especially like Shang Chi. I'm excited to see the origin story so they can start this new thing. I want to see Doctor Strange two. You know, I want to see uh, Black Panther two. I want to see these. But this whole all new universe is kind of yeah weighing on me. But if I had to choose a franchise, ugh, I would have to say the Friday the Thirteenth. The horror films. Yes. Not 
not Freaky Friday. Why did no. that? Why did I think no. Freaky Friday? No, Friday the 13th with Jason. Yeah. You know, the hockey mask. There's Jason versus Jason Freddy. Jason Voorhees, yeah. There's Jason versus Chucky, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, there's Jason versus Chucky versus Chucky's wife. It's, it's Jason crazy. Jason fights the Easter Bunny. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all of the above, and I'm just tired of that. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, Movies on poll question this week. Make sure you play along each week on Twitter at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot1, at Zone Sports Net. We'll have another doozy for you. Yeah. Coming up uh, in about seven days next week. Coming up next, our soundtrack of the week is Jackson Brown. Why? Because Johnny's about to tell you known, unknown, and little known facts about a movie with Jackson Brown involved. Gnarly Waves. Tell you about it next here on the big show. Wow, here on the movie zone. The big did you show. say the big show? The big show, more what? like more like the bigger show, the movie zone. <laughs> <laughs> You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot with you. If you missed it, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is out from Marvel. I'm sure that will be the number one box office movie come Monday. We'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're listening to the soundtrack of the week, Jackson Brown. And you know this song. Now... This is the song I was singing for the start of segment two. Uh, I had gotten my two songs titles changed and, and switched in my brain. Somebody's baby. This kind of gives away the movie. Oh, you think? <laughs> All right. It's only played through the entire movie. So be sure and, and uh, listen here as Johnny gives you known, unknown, and little known facts about speaking of Sean Penn. Right. Fast Times at Ridgemont High filmed right here in good old Utah. 1982, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, directed by Amy Heckerling, written by Cameron Crowe. Okay. Yes, What I know. is that? What's Cameron Crowe? Oh, Who's you know Cameron his Crow? movies. Oh, okay. Starring, okay, hold on, i got to take a big breath for this. Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates, Robert Romanus, Brian Backer, Ray Walston, Scott Thompson, who you know from Police Academy, Twister, uh, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, Eric Stoltz, Nicholas Cage, however, he was billed, Nicholas Cage, sorry, not Cage, <laughs> duh, Nicholas Cage, who was billed under his original name, Nicholas Coppola, for the first and only time. Anthony Edwards is in this. Huh. And... Ann Wilson from the band Heart is in this movie. Wow. Yes. It took me a second. I had to rewatch it to find her, and it took me a second, but it's her. It's had a budget of $4.5 million and a worldwide gross of $27 million. Keep in mind, this is 1982. This is a rated R romance comedy with a runtime of one hour, 30 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes, 77% critics, 80% fans. Okay, yeah. I think it's a little overrated, but I like it. Well, this is part of the whole teenage teenage coming of age, you know, movies, and this was the '80s version. In fact, ironically, watching American Pie and then watching this after it, I see a lot of similarities that American Pie pulled from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Do you know Nick Cage is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? Yes, I had no idea. 
I know. I was not crazy. I, just, I was. I heard his name, and I was like, "No way. Are they related?" Copala. And he is. He is the Why Godfather is he? guy. But he's never, he doesn't like him enough to put him in a movie. <laughs> well, have you seen him act? Right. He has a movie called Pig right now. I don't. Anyway. Well, of all the teen movies ever made, this film has the highest number of teens, which is nine, <laughs> who would have successful film careers as adults. Wow. You know, there's always one or two. Like you go back and you think of, uh, well, you think of American Pie, for example. Breakfast Club. Breakfast. Well, Breakfast Club had a lot in it as well, too. Yeah, what's successful? How do they define that? I don't know. I think yeah. by multiple movies, I right? I see. Yeah. A first-time director, Amy, said she was seeking to make a comedy that was less structured than the conventional ones and more like 1973's American Graffiti. So that if you woke up and found yourself living in the movie, you'd be happy. I wanted that kind of film. Interesting. Yeah. I think she accomplished that. Now, near the beginning of the movie, and I've always wondered about this, and I finally found the answer. Near the beginning of the movie, right after Mr. Hand sends Spicoli to the front office for being late to class, Mr. Hand passes out the class schedules of quizzes. After the paper is passed out, all the students put the page up to their nose and deeply in hell. Uh And I've always wondered, well, that's a weird scene. Why did they do that? Well... This was popular, it was a popular school ritual in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s as photocopy machines were very expensive, so ditto machines were used. The resulting copies did not get you high, but they smelled really good. I see. I know. Did you ever smell the paper in school? Oh, I loved oh, it. all the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that nasty, really thick, recycled paper, the gray paper that oh, yeah. would like break your pencils you yes. tried to chisel on it? Yeah. Well, during filming of the film, during shooting of the film, <laughs> Sean Penn, you know, he kind of seems, you know, you know, it's Sean Penn, right? Yeah. I don't need to say too much. Well, this will explain deeper what I'm talking about. He got so into character that he only answered to Spicoli. Oh, in fact, the door in his dressing room was labeled Spicoli instead of Sean Penn. Oh, my gosh. And now- well, He's a- insufferable. I know, right? Even though I want to see his new movie, Flag Day. In, uh, according to uh, the director, Amy, her and Sean Penn are pals. What is that, from Young Guns? They're pals. Were actually smoking marijuana in the van as they exited from the, the prom. So that was real. That makes sense. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Now, here's something that I think is strange. Uh, Sean Penn was asked to read for the part of Brad Hamilton, which was played by Judge Reinhold's character. Okay. As well as Jess Bacoli. Now- I can't imagine Sean Penn as Brad. No, uh, Judd Reinhold was Brad. And Jeff, and, uh, and Sean Penn was Spicoli. Spicoli. Other than sure. J- other than Jake Scott, no one could have played Spicoli. Now think of this. Tom Hanks was also considered for the role of Brad. Okay. That would have been a whole different career for him. However, two years later, he was cast to star in another popular raunchy comedy, 1984's Bachelor Party. I see, yeah. Which I think helped his career probably more than yeah. A lot of people forget Tom Tom Hanks started out as a really uh, under 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 uh, not as successful comedic actor. No, I kind of miss the Tom Hanks comedies. Do you? I do. I like them. Splash, Money Pit, Bachelor. But they're all funny movies. Turner and Hooch. They're silly, stupid (laughs) movies, but they're fun. You know. All right. Well, Fast Times at Ridgemont High definitely a, a classic. Everyone has seen it. Everyone knows lines from it. I don't know that it... What's the... It's pretty rewatchable. It's rewatchable. It's highly rewatchable. I got to be honest. I actually rewatched it this week, and uh, it was fun, and that's that's where I, I pulled the American Pie references out yeah. of it by watching it, going, oh, I see where they kind of came up with... Uh, 
you know, certain characters, the way they portrayed it. And it's good. It's dated. Um, oh, yeah. It deals with some pretty hot topics in today's world. Uh, there's there's one scene in particular that I'm not going to say over the air what it is, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, have you about. ever seen the uh, music video for Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne? Yes. She's that's got it going scene. on. Yeah, that's yeah. the scene. Right. All right, pal. Good good work. Appreciate it. See, we're pals too. Oh, like, yeah, young guns. <laughs> Maybe you. I'm glad that you do understand the meaning of pals. Stay tuned. Uh, if you're listening live tonight on Thursday, stay tuned for the Ute postgame show. You know where I'm going? I got to head up to the Utah game. You do? I got to go cover the, the postgame locker room. So Fun. I, it's a long night for, my, for your guy here. But I know, happy to do it. I know that feeling. So you have a good night there, Austin, and rock and roll. So Hans uh, uh, will have your postgame show coming up here after the conclusion of the Utah game. If you're re- listening to a replay later in the week, sorry, this is a replay. Yeah. But right now it's live. You may have already seen Shang-Chi. You may have. Let us know if you did what you thought of it. For Johnny Lightfoot, I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back next week on The Movie Zone.